Hi, this is Jill Jarris. From September 2017 through April 2020, this podcast was known as Olympic Fever. We've since changed its name to keep the flame alive, but we're committed to keeping our back catalog available to you. So please keep the name change and this disclaimer in mind as you listen to it. Olympic is a trademark of the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or USOPC. Any use of Olympic in the Olympic Fever podcast is strictly for informational and commentary purposes. The Olympic Fever podcast is not an official podcast of the USOPC. The Olympic Fever podcast is not a sponsor of the USOPC, nor is Olympic Fever associated with or endorsed by the USOPC in any way. The content of Olympic Fever podcast does not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the USOPC, and the USOPC in no way warrants that content featured in Olympic Fever is accurate. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Oh yeah, the Olympics is this wonderful, joyous festival. Mm -hmm. That's the wedding. Now you've got to see all the planning that went into... Right. That event. Right. And who's the bridezilla? Hmm? Mesdames et messieurs, the greatest festival of our contemporary society, the Olympic Games, is about to begin. This is going to be close. Oh! You can do it! You can do it! Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant! But that is an Olympic champion. Ready. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Olympic Fever, the podcast for Olympics fans. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Allison Brown. Allison, hello. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So slowly settling into the new place. All looking but... good? No. <laughs> I'm looking at my office, which is strewn with boxes and paper, and someday I will get a bookshelf. And they will be organized. But I did find my two favorite books. So they are on my desk, safe and sound, for me to peruse okay. at my leisure. So I'm good. So when Olympic questions come up, you've got your reference got material. My... Yes, exactly. And you're all good. Exactly. Exactly. My outdated reference material. Thank you, doping. But uh, got my reference oh, material. Um, and we have and we have things to talk about on doping today. We do. We do. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, I want to give a shout out to Anuj Agarwal of Feedspot, who gave us a little bit of nice press, said we were one of the best five Olympics podcasts you must subscribe and listen to in 2019. And we were second just to I know we got the official one. <laughs> we got I know we got the silver and we, we only lost to the big dog, the IOC. I know, I, when I saw that, I kind of felt like. Like I thought of Shiva Keshavan, mm -hmm. you know, because he was always talking about how he didn't have all the things that the um, competitors from the big countries had. Yes. You know, so the so the gold medalist in this little competition was, of course, the Olympic Channel podcast with, you know, a staff. Right. And, <laughs> and a budget. <laughs> and a budget. And I was just like, yay, we, we did it for the little guy. We right? got on the podium. What, so. what I did like was seeing that Anuj put in there the date they started. And we, of course, started before the Olympics Channel podcast. I which know. Which made me feel really good that we were <laughs> able to get off the ground and put our hat into this ring before the big dogs did. I was talking with listener Meredith. <laughs> and I said, you know, maybe... 
what would get us the gold is if we had a, a random person saying Olympic Fever podcast at random points between segments. And she didn't like that. <laughs> because I do think it's one of the worst and best aspects of the Olympic Channel podcast. Because right, I just I love it. That. It's so cheesy that I love it. It's that, that Euro. It's just European. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it it's time. very continental. Yes. Like a breakfast. That's right. That's right. But speaking of continental, there are big doings on the continent, namely Lausanne, Switzerland, where yes, this week is uh, the IOC executive board meeting. So we watched the press briefing so you don't have to and we can give you get you up to date on the latest and greatest from what's happening in the world of the Olympics. Yeah. So what I do want to say to everyone is you should watch one of these press conferences at some point because it reminds you how bureaucratic the IOC truly is. You know, because during the Olympic Games, you see the pomp and the show and the, the, the glorious crowning moment. You don't hear about how Princess Anne is the head of the election committee right. for new IOC members. And how they have this committee and this working group, and he's got this interim report. And, you know, the IOC is a huge international corporation. Mm -hmm. And we've got to remember that when we talk about sports being in or out, it's, it is what's good for the company in a way. Right. And watching Which, one of the press briefings kind of reminds you that, oh, yeah, the Olympics is this wonderful, joyous festival. Mm -hmm. That's the wedding. Now you've got to see all the planning that went into right. that event. Right. And who's the bridezilla? Hmm? Mm -hmm. And the mother-in-law from, hmm. <laughs> Which I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't even say. But it's, it's also interesting to see how formal things are at the IOC even you yes. know they make this push they want youth and urban and 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 new and exciting yet you're talking about Mrs. So-and-so and Mr. So-and-so running these committees and it's really interesting how formal and uh you have to follow a process it's very diplomatic you know you're talking about United Nations kind of right the speaking. There is protocol yes. and there is, you know, when we were reading all the, the press instructions, the times were very specific and and where you could be and, and who you could speak to were all very prescribed. And when Thomas Bach got up there, he was a little casual, you know, and had a little flair, mm -hmm. but his handler next to him was like pouring his water for him and managing everything. So it was all very scripted in a way, and mm -hmm. you have to do things the correct way. And I wonder if that's because there are so much, so many royals. On I wonder, the and, well, yes, that could be. And and also, you're talking about diplomats and people who have been in ambassador roles and things like that. Because yeah. Juan Antonio Samaranch was an ambassador, right? In, in Spain, so yeah. Joe it's... the plumber is not on the IOC. No, no. <laughs> I don't even know if if Jill Jarris could be on the IOC. Yeah, I definitely could not be on the IOC because I'd get in there and I'd be like, hi, guys. <laughs> hi, everybody. So that would just not go over well. Oh, uh, well, let's get into what they talked about this week. 
First up was the resignation of embattled Japanese Olympic Committee Chairman Tsunekazu Takeda, who that resignation was accepted effective immediately. He's already been removed from all these lists, even though he's not retiring from the Japanese Olympic Committee until June. But the IOC is is already said, you, you're, you're gone. gone yeah, you're gone. Yeah. But they also dropped the ethics investigation shocking like oh he's gone we don't have to worry with that little thing let's just push that aside right and well because no to be fair when they were talking in the press briefing he said mm-hmm. you know he's not on the olympic committee anymore so there's no reason to continue this ethics committee but the legal case is pending that will mm-hmm. proceed and we will cooperate with that fully okay so they weren't brushing it under the carpet they were saying well he's not on our team anymore so we're not going to punish him but we realize there's a legal case happening and we're taking that seriously. Which, which is good, I think. Which is, it it yeah. was interesting to see the continued questions from day to day. over. They were not good, giving yeah. up no. on getting more on Takeda. Yeah. And, and T-Bock today was just like, I'm not going to tell you what we talked about privately. <laughs> you know, because there was yeah, a conversation but... that happened between the two of them. But there's a couple of probably Japanese press there who was mm-hmm. like, and what was in that conversation you had on the phone? And he just sort of smirked and was like, I'm not going to tell you that. Nor should he. No. To be fair. I mean, right. But it is, it's it's so interesting to see, you know, what the job of journalists is to do because it's their job to find out the story and get the story. And it's um, T-Bock's role to protect his, con- his private conversation. So it's interesting yeah. to see that little back and forth play out. Well, push and pull. Yes, exactly. Weightlifting was another big discussion, and weightlifting was on the ropes for 2024, but they had the International Weightlifting Federation has put into place a whole bunch of measures, and so the IOC reviewed those and said, hey, we're going to lift your conditional status for 2024. So they're so, there for now. What yes. I thought was the coolest thing was their qualifying quotas are now tied to a country's history of doping. Yes, which I think that's an it's an interesting way to do it. It's rewarding the carrot and not putting out the stick. Right, right. So saying if you have a history of doping, we're not going to give you lots and lots of spots. So then it is a disincentive for countries to have that culture of doping. I mean, right. if you have one bad apple, as they say, that's one thing, but mm-hmm. sort of the systematic cases, we won't mention names, Russia. <laughs> of- one of the interesting things was Thailand's decision to take themselves out of the International Weightlifting Championships, which they were hosting. And are still hosting. Yes. And they've also, if I understand correctly, they will not be at Tokyo 2020. That's correct. Because they have had so much problems with doping, they have said, okay, well, we're going to take ourselves out so we don't hurt the sport overall. And keeps inclusion. Right. So short-term pain, long-term gain. Right. Which I Which thought, is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I thought and, that was... And, and admirable. I mean, it's tough on their athletes, but we don't know the extent of the doping among the ranks. You know, is it... It has to be bad. Yeah. You know, they have to figure that none of their athletes are going to test clean. Right. Certainly for the world championships this year and probably going forward. So it's sort of like, oh, we'll make ourselves look good because we're going to pull out voluntarily. Right. So that by 2024, we can come back and the sport will still be there and not mm-hmm. having gotten kicked out. Right. 
and getting the money from the IOC, which, you know, money. as we've talked before, is is a big deal. Follow um, the money. Speaking of the 2024 sports program, the IOC executive board gave the provisional approval for the new sports that Paris has uh, proposed for 2024, which would be skateboarding, sport climbing, surfing, and our favorite, breaking. Clearly T-Box favorite. I know. He was really excited about that. Did you see that? He did a little wiggle. He did sort of a little move when he was talking about the, the breakdancing. Clearly, he is a big fan of breakdancing. And I wrote down a quote. He's like, I admire the moves of these guys. <laughs> he loves it, which was funny because it was a it was probably the whole of the whole press conference, the moment where I was like, that's what he's like at a cocktail party with his friends. Yeah. 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 That, that was, was a little the, bit of personality. That was, that was, you know, dumb, not President Bach. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, then I uh, must admit, uh, you know, I, I, I admire uh, the moves uh, these uh, guys are, uh, are making. Uh, you know, I, uh, even in, in my times as an athlete, uh, I uh, would never have uh, even uh, getting close to this uh, kind of uh, uh, motion and uh, flexibility in in, uh, in, 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 in in the body. And he was at Breakin watching it at the Youth Olympic Games and really liked it there and said it was a big success. I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out on the big stage, especially with trying to figure out how it's judged. So we'll see. We'll I don't know. Hey, we it... learn how to watch the judging for skating. We've learned how to watch the judging for diving. So we can learn how to watch the, the judging for this. All I have to say is maybe potentially Breakin could be the next ski ballet. Oh, yeah. That is what I wonder. All right, moving on. They got updates from the games that are in progress, the planning in progress, and Tokyo 2020 is on schedule and on budget. They are not worried. I would not be worried either. I'm sure that things are going well. Beijing 2022, they have nothing really to report. But one of the big things that TBOC was talking about was uh, how the organizing committee has this goal of spreading winter sports in China and getting something like 300 million people involved with or heighten their awareness of winter sports. Which is Which I thought was really interesting because traditionally the IOC has awarded the Winter Games, probably up until Pyeongchang, to countries with a very long tradition mm -hmm. of win or cities with a lot of winters. You're not introducing winter sports. Right. Sochi was probably the uh, the first one that really didn't, but certainly Russia has a long history. Right. So it was interesting that they award it to Beijing with the idea of spreading winter sports. And it's surprising to me, and I wonder if this has to do with how difficult it is to travel internally within China, because certainly there's a whole section of China that borders Siberia. So it's not like they don't have winter. Well, and you have the section of southern China that borders Nepal. Right. So it's so. not like they don't have the terrain or the, mm -hmm. the climate in huge parts of the country that would allow for winter sports. Yeah, so. I think it's just my my personal ignorance of knowing what the income level of the people is 
mm-hmm. and where they're located. So if you're near snow, do you have the disposable income to go skiing? Or is there skiing? Or or where if you live in a city and you have some disposable income, what are your vacation hotspots? You know, right. people so go to Aspen the... or Colorado to go skiing for vacations right. here, but what do you do in with your Chinese? But that's right. my so total the culture's ignorance. not yes. there. Yeah. It seems like the culture isn't there. The the ability is there. It's not like you're trying to make ice in Jamaica. Right. But people just don't. Though so ice skating, if you've read the second mark or started to, is very popular. And, you know, if you haven't bought your copy, you could buy your copy through our website that uh, will take you to Amazon and you could purchase your copy there. We'll get a little kickback from your purchase and that greatly helps us uh, continue the show's efforts. Helps us build a little budget so we can do some stuff. So we can have people. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, man. Having people would be nice. I know. Anyhow. But the the best quote, the best quote of Tebok from the entire press conference, Mm -hmm. he wants to get the couch potatoes off the couch. (laughs) Did you catch that? that. I did like that. (laughs) Uh, There, where we were talking in a... In the Olympic agenda, you know, to get uh, the couch potatoes off the couch. And did you know that the IOC has a permanent observer at the UN? I did not know that. I, that was how really did, interesting. How did we never stumble across that? I don't know. Fed don't back know. into my idea of this huge international bureaucracy. Just right, which turning. <sighs> You know, it's interesting because the IOC public also published uh, some big branding study that they had independent an independent company did and people think that peace is one of the big aspects and elements of the olympics and it's interesting that the ioc has a permanent observer at the un you know i don't know if the observer talks to people and gets to build relationships but historically the ioc is always oh we don't get involved in politics and even today T-Box said, you know, I, we we aren't talking politics because they were talking about North the, and South Korea yes, joint team. Yes, exactly. And he's saying we're going to continue those discussions no matter what's happening on the political front. This is a separate question as to right. whether they're going to compete or march together. Which is, it's interesting, this line that they are drawing, which is very, I think it's a very, very fine line. I think it's a very fuzzy line hmm. at best. Maybe a dotted line. Other things we learned oh. was that's okay. Yeah, I was like, what else? What else did we learn? I forgot. No, what it's, it's one of the things that they talked about the first day of the press conferences were all of the changes. There's a name change to a national Olympic committee, so it was the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. North Macedonia, yeah, yes, is now going to be North known Macedonia. as North Macedonia because they have officially changed the name of their country. So that approval went through. The other thing that that they announced were changes in nationalities. This was so bizarre to me that so I guess if you've competed at the international level for one country to then compete for another country, you have to get approval from the NOCs, the IOCs, the federations. Yeah, it's really interesting. I I knew of this once you brought it up and like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But it was only after we started doing this podcast that I noticed it in one of the press 
releases or something like that. Or they had a, I think they did a press release a while ago where they announced the nationality changes for people. Right. And it would be like talking about Shiva Keshavan, where he has mm-hmm. dual citizenship mm-hmm. and he had competed for India. And at one point there was consideration of him competing for Italy. So he would have had to apply for that change. So that's what these, I think most of these athletes, because it was sort of like they had competed for the United, one competed for the United States and now was going to compete for Tonga. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a dual citizen and that had to do with it. And one competed for Australia and is now competing for the Cook Islands. So some of these right, right, right. sort of minor shifts on the international stage. But wow, you have to get approval for that. Yeah, it's a, it's a big process. And did you notice, mm-hmm. this was my favorite little thing, that the guy on the second day had his blazer with the rings? No, I don't know how I missed that. Okay, so the, the T-Box handler had a blazer where the rings were stitched on the, uh, the pocket. Oh, man. That is pretty sweet. Yeah. I want to know what you have to do to get one of those. Work there. Or I wonder if if it's a loner and they just have them in a closet and you have to quick grab one. Oh, that would be nasty. It would. It would be like if you went to a country club or a fancy restaurant where they had a dress code and you had to borrow a tie or a coat. I was more thinking like bowling shoes. (laughs) I'm sure they're sprayed down regularly. (laughs) But don't damage the rings. Right. It's been an interesting meeting. I really actually enjoyed doing the reading and the research on this. I I, I don't know why, but it sort of was comforting to know that all these people are working so hard behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and that there is a structure and there is a a supporting everything and that all these people care so much about this that they spend this much time and energy on it. Right. And there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work. You know, they they were talking about, they still were talking about Pyeongchang 2018 and how the revenues are shaking out from that and what they're doing with the money and how it's going going to work its way to the federations. They're talking about 2020. They've got 2022. They're doing visits right now for 2026. They talked about 2024. I, I didn't know what city I was in, but sometimes when they were shifting, I was just, I was so impressed. And, and you know, we joke about T-Bock and, and some of his silliness, but he's really just such an impressive man mm-hmm. and reassuring that he's at the helm. Is. And I think he's trying to implement changes that are good for the organization at this point. I agree. They're tough to do, but I think they're ultimately pretty good. One thing they didn't talk about was boxing. But they avoided it. Yeah, they did. Uh, they avoided it big time. And they said, well, we're talking about it in June. So they have another meeting in June. And they'll talk about it then. Yeah. Uh, Ugh, boxing. <laughs> Let's move on to our Team Olympic Fever update. Happy tofu. That's right. We have happy tofu. Why don't you start it off? Okay. So this week... Congratulations to modern pentathlete Samantha Achterberg and her soon-to-be husband now, Carl Schultz, who became engaged. And it is also her birthday this week. Oh, yay. So he timed that so nicely. That's nice. Nice job, Carl. Yay. This was exciting. Claire Egan, our biathlete, in the very last race of the biathlon World Cup season, which was the women's 12.5K mass start, she won the bronze medal. 
and that was the first medal for an American this season, and it was very exciting. I got I got a little misty eyed when I, I saw the results online, I and I was that. like, "We gotta watch it." We and I didn't tell Ben what was happening, and I didn't tell him what the results were, and I'm just like, "Claire's moving up, Claire's moving up," and Ben's like, "But look at Vitozzi, she's where's Vera?" And they did not do well in their shooting. Like these are two of the the top. I think Dorothea Vera won the overall uh, Crystal Globe this year uh, for the the whole season long title. And they just had abominable shooting days. But Claire only missed one target, I believe, and she skied her heart out. And she just she just blew blew everyone away. Which was great. I guess I guess Rifey is out of the corner. It and is and it was funny out. because she got to be in the press conference. They always have a press conference with the winners and it was her first time doing a press conference and they were like, So Claire you said at the beginning of the season this would be your last season. What do you think? She's like, I think I'll be around next season. So, oh, did she really? She basically said she was coming oh, back. So good. that was nice. No. She had a great season this year. Congrats to her on a great season. And she and the rest of the U.S. Women's Biathlon team will be at a Girls with Guns Biathlon Clinic in Jericho, Vermont, which is just outside of Burlington, Vermont. And uh, that will be the Saturday, March 30th from 3 to 5 p.m. And they can try the sport for free. And that is a Facebook event, but we'll have a link to that in our show notes. Do, do they say how old the girls have to be? I don't know. Like, could a very old, short woman pass? I think you could. I would say you could. <laughs> Honestly, please. Of course. I mean, the 14-year-olds are all going to be taller than I am, so right. they'll never see me. I'll <laughs> right. just sort of hide but in the back. The, I mean, they're, they're going to talk about, like, gun safety and, and skiing and things like that. I'm sure you could just slip right in. I mean, height-wise, you'd fit right in. I know. Also exciting news, the shooting season is getting underway at the ISSF World Cup in Acapulco. Kim Rohde won the skeet shooting event, and that was her 19th World Cup gold medal. Where does she put them all? Racks and racks, I'm sure. Seriously. You know, oh, give a few to the baby to play with. <laughs> Teething? Yeah. <laughs> I just teethe on my mother's gold medals. You know, maybe a few for the dog to toss around. <laughs> I mean, really? Right. Uh, Team Schuster, the curling season is going to wind down. So Team Schuster is ready to go for the gold there in Lethbridge at the World's Men's Championship. TV coverage will begin this Sunday and you can find it on Olympic Channel and NBCSN here in the United States. Otherwise, look for hashtag WMCC 2019 on your social media for updates. Will the pants be there, do you think? Oh, I bet the pants will be there. Okay. You got to see. Oh, now I really want to tune in. See what they've uh, got going for this I year. I know. Norway with the pants. That would be, yeah. Never gets old. No, it doesn't. Also, we're going to end on a high note for you. I saw this. This makes me so happy. Our cross-country skier, Keegan Randall, is cancer-free. That is the best news. Yeah, right? It's At so many levels. Oh, yeah. So congratulations. Let's hope your continued checkups keep showing that you're cancer-free and that it you have totally beat it. Well, if anyone's going to, it's going to oh, be Keegan. Gosh, right? She's had the best attitude through this whole thing, and I know it hasn't been easy. Right. And I was, but... Yeah, I was watching a video with her, and she's like, I just put my athlete mentality to it. I'm like, 
Wow. She's amazing. And I'm, I'm so happy for her and for her family. Mm -hmm. And she does so much work with girls in sports. Yeah. So that this is just even as if she couldn't be more inspiring. She just, you know, upped her inspiration level by like a 10. So we need to keep her around. Moving on to our Tokyo 2020 news. The venue capacities have been announced for various venues. So this is how many people they could fit at all the events? Right. So at the stadium, they will be able to hold 68,000 people. That's a lot of people. But it's not more than, like, say, some college football stadiums, I think. Good point. Wait, hold on. I'm going to look this up. Oh, here. NCAA.com. Okay. From last year. That's great. The top college football stadium in the in the United States, University of Michigan, 107,601. Wow. There are eight stadiums over 100,000 capacity. They have a list of the top 25. They are all bigger than the National Stadium in Tokyo. Wow. Yeah. It sounds really big. I don't think it's that big of a stadium, though. Well, which is good. I honestly think that's a good thing because yeah. then it then there's not as much to maintain, and you know right. that you'll hopefully you can get events that fill it, like soccer matches or um, more track and field and things like that. Well, also think about location. So Tokyo mm-hmm. is an extraordinarily dense city. Right. It's mm-hmm. dense geographically. It's dense population wise. So just moving that many people around and to and from the stadium mm-hmm. is going to be a challenge. Right. Whereas where a lot of these college football stadiums, it's the biggest thing for miles and miles. I right. mean, these are not in the middle of New York City. You know, University of Michigan, yes, it's in an urban area, but it's an urban area because the University of Michigan is there. Right. So I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm for the both the legacy issue and also just location wise Mm -hmm. one of the interesting things i thought was that some of the tokyo venue capacities have been cut doing due to cost cutting so they're different from what they originally planned in their candidature file that's interesting how they're kind of shaping the budget to accommodate right when they say you know we're on plan and on budget you're kind of moving the needle a little, little bit there Right. You're kind of putting your finger on the, the scales. Right. <laughs> and the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee has released the Paralympic torch design, which is quite similar to the Olympic torch. It's still that cherry blossom motif, but this one is a little pinker than the Olympic torch. It's really pretty. It's just as pretty. And do not be surprised if you can't tell the difference because we had a lot of trouble. All right. In other sports news, as we mentioned about boxing earlier, the president of the AIBA has decided to step down, and that could be a good thing. We In the, the first IOC executive board press conference, somebody asked about that because they wanted to know what was being said about boxing, and that's when the EB said, oh, we're going to talk about boxing in June because they they had the the journalist had mentioned, oh, you know, the this the president stepped down. Do you think that was a, a move or something to influence you? And they said, oh, no, we don't know. We're not going to say anything. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing for boxing. We don't know. I, yeah, I personally Who's going to be... come in? I mean, seriously, the whole right. top tier of the of the boxing establishment has issues 
Right. Let's just say. I, I would take a wait and see approach myself. USA Cycling has established a fund in honor of Kelly Catlin, the cyclist who died recently. There's more information on their website. The they're, They've established the fund and they're working with the family to uh, decide how the fund will be spent. But in the meantime, if you'd like to donate, you can go to their website and donate. We'll have that information in our show notes. Um, a little bit of sad news. Lena Cheritsova, who was the first woman to win an Olympic aerials skiing gold medal, has died. She was only 50 years old. I was going to say, I didn't think that was that long ago. No, no. She was competing for Uzbekistan, who had just become independent from the Soviet Union. And uh, that was right around the same time that aerials became an official event. And that was 1994 Lillehammer. Now, I did look this up after you posted this because I thought I remembered her story as her mother was had died before the Olympics, yes, right? but her coaches and, and the mother was heard in an accident, told the coaches not to tell her daughter. So Lena wins the gold medal and then finds out her mother had died three weeks prior, but that nobody wanted to tell her to disrupt from her training so the greatest moment of her life and probably the worst moment of her life wow. yeah. on the same day that was just astounding that you could manage that or, yeah. or keep that from your athlete as a coach right and that i remember thinking at the time how did they pull that off but now all these years later i realize can you imagine communicating to uzbekistan at that time oh, at that yeah. chaotic I mean, time that, that would have been letters you would have been writing letters maybe you'd maybe you would have money for a phone call because that would have been super expensive right maybe a once a week phone you know yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's if everything was working properly after 10 o'clock p.m on the weekends (laughs) (laughs) right even if the phones were working right right time because when all those republics were breaking away their infrastructure collapsed in so many right And even so, if her mother had access to a telephone, right? So, so she was she was an amazing athlete, and it's and it's a uh, it's really sad. sad. Yeah. Um. So and then we'll end on a slightly happier note, I guess. I don't know. This I made me it, mad. Oh right. Well, okay. We're gonna end on a slightly maddening note. It's just announced that the Team USA bobsleds. Uh, two-man and four-man teams from Sochi Olympics have had their medals officially upgraded from bronze to silver. And that would have been the two-man bobsled team of Stephen Holcomb and Steve Langton and the four-man, bobsled, the four-man team of Holcomb, Langton, Chris Vogt, and Kurt Thomas-Shevitz. Okay, so why does this make me angry? Because Shocking. Holcomb is, yeah, yes. Holcomb is, is, has died and isn't here to see this upgrade and the upgrade is because of doping and right and it shouldn't have happened in the first place yes and it shouldn't have happened in the first place and he should have been able to know that he earned silver yeah it's nice that it's working out but you know again you're five years after the actual event happened let's get it together wada Mm -hmm. and the ioc i would say you know keegan randall is cancer free she yes. is. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for her. <laughs> hey, and, I, and we ended on a happy note. There you go. Excellent. And while we're ending on a happy note, giving a shout out to Keekin, I think we should also give a shout out to our Patreon patrons. We invest a lot of time and money in the show. And 
our patreons are very gracious to us in donating some funds to help us make it happen you can join our group at patreon.com slash and get special patron benefits including audio you cannot get on the show because we insult other people that we right <laughs> we don't want to necessarily make that too public and we have uh, nice tidbits outtakes from interviews that we've done so that's that's always fun too because you know uh, a lot of interviews where we talk way longer than we could put the whole thing on the show. Right, exactly. So that's that's a lot of fun. And we're going to work on some, I, I think we're going to work on uh, some original content for the patrons too. And we'll see if we can make that happen. Okay. <laughs> that's why we need the patrons because we need these. <laughs> a little bit of original. Not, not something too, we're not going too outlandish, but I think we'll okay. do some content that's a little original. Thank you to them. You can get in on the action at patreon.com slash olimfever. On that note, we will wrap it up for this week, and we will join you here back next week for more Olympic stories. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. Stay in touch. Email us at olimfever at gmail.com. That's O-L-Y-M fever at gmail. You can also leave us a voicemail at 530-763-3837. That's 530-70-FEVER. We're on Twitter at Fever, and you can join in the conversation at our Facebook group, Olympic Fever Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. Olympic Fever Podcast. <laughs>